What's up, world? Uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. They, 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 insert here. Yo. It's a terrible game. Bottom line. It's terrible in every way. Graphically, it's terrible. Gameplay is terrible. It's just terrible. Uh, angry Nick mad. That game sucked, and it's gonna suck no matter how many revisions they make, and it just sucked even more because they put a connect with it. Uh, angry Nick mad. Or if there's violence, I'll just laugh and enjoy the fun. Kaz Hazari. Hazari. Kaz Harai. 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 They just kind of got tired of Angry Nick on the first one and said, yeah, I'm gonna pass. But oh, yeah, so I do. It's me, precisely. No. 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 I, I, per- I no. do all my work. No. No. Yeah, I'm you guys are so I don't- cute. Oh, thank you. I try. I mean, let's face it, Mario, and to a lesser extent, Zelda, is what carries Nintendo at this point. Always be radical. I love you, little podcast. You're the bestest thing ever. For the promise of the new Super Smash Brothers and the Zelda game, yes. Will not find a better story presented in any other game genre, in my personal opinion. Like, JRPG have that. They have that story. That's what the entire game felt like. Oh, my God. God, I want to bang my head into a wall. It's a podcast. Because someone remind me. I thought it was a video game podcast. You're listening to the Game Source Podcast. And welcome, you wonderful people out there. It is Gerald, better known as Yes, Lives, and we're here from the world famous Game Source Podcast on www.yourgamesource.com and also our Game Source YouTube page. How the heck are you? I hope you're well out there on this beautiful Sunday. Uh, for us on the West Coast, uh, I, I, I don't know about you ladies, but I know it was great for me and Aaron. It was like here. 80 degrees today in San yeah. Luis Obispo. It's it was beautiful today. 77 for us. Uh, you couldn't ask for anything better. Uh, once again, yes, Elvis lives, but I have on... Three great people from our staffers today. I have, first off, our one of our newest, in fact, our newest staffer, that would be King Space Cowboy Princess, Sam. Hello. No, it's not from Bebop. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I was going to say. Um, and then, of course, we have one of our longstanding members who uh, just re- was reminding us of the first time she was on a podcast because this is King's first podcast. So it is Seven Valkyrie. How Hello, everyone. And also as well, we have the inevitable, the irresputable man himself, OSU Water Polo. Aaron, how are you, man? Where'd, Where'd he go? He just became he- a logo. Yeah, he's he's blind and mute right now. Yes, he's doing a nick. Oh, uh, nobody wants that. No, nobody wants that indeed. So I'm hoping he'll pause. Uh, he'll pop up soon. Um, it was just here. So, anyways, um, I want to get right into it. Uh, there he is. There he is. Aaron, aka, aka OSU Water Polo. How are you, sir? You're on. Oh, uh, you're muted, darling. I am okay and answering doors, which is why I muted everything. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Is that a Nightwing hat? No. Because I have a Nightwing hat that kind of looks like that. Oh, okay, got it. Typical OSU. There you go. It's a Buckeye leaf, but no one believes that it's a Buckeye leaf. 
Don, I do. I do. Well, I'm going to wear my Nightwing hat on the next one, and then we can just be hat buddies. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, let's get into what's going on. Uh, Nintendo Direct last week had its, uh, probably in my opinion, the best Nintendo Direct ever, with a lot of announcements, including an update on when... New Fire Emblem! The new... Sorry, I had to cut you off. That's just like... That's really... The Nintendo Direct Fire Emblem, we can move on to the next thing. The uh, new 3DS XL is uh, coming... Here because we are not getting a new 3DS like other uh, parts of the world. We're just getting the XL version. Um, here it's coming uh, middle of next month, um, and we're uh, really excited for it here. Um, even though, as we've stated in past podcasts, it's caused quite some confusion to people who just bought 3DSs over the recent holidays. Um, is that going to make it, you know, the, the, their 3DS? Um, outdated, things of that nature. And while it won't do that necessarily right away, um, there are some exclusive games coming to that platform. But uh, I'll start with you, King. Um, have you had a chance to take a look uh, at, and on video at the new 3DS XL? And uh, do you think it's something that you would be interested in purchasing when it comes out next month? Um, I, have, I have looked at it. And, you know, looking at it, it's just, I have a 3DS XL. It is not something that I would purchase next month because I do feel like it's just repackaged. Um, I will say, though, if you uh, have a smaller DS or, you know, you're kind of one of those people where you've had one for a couple years and just haven't upgraded, I'd say definitely go for it because obviously the processing power has gotten better has a, a bigger SD card, I believe, and, um, you know, with the newer games coming out, uh, I would definitely purchase it. But if you have a 3DS right now, I, I'd, be, I'd be fine with not purchasing it, unless you're just crazy about the Xenoblade Chronicles, because I know that's exclusive to that. Well, um, that's, yes, that's correct. That, that new Xenoblade Chronicles is... Um, but I want to touch on the uh, actual Wii U game here in a second. Um, but I first, Aaron, uh, yeah, I know we touched on whether or not you were interested in getting the new 3DS. I know the Majora's Mask 3DS XL is coming out very soon. Is that something of interest to you, uh, or is that something you're looking forward to getting when Fire Emblem comes out later on? Um, if, like, I can find a Majora's Mask just sitting on a store shelf, then yeah, I think I'm going to pick one up because that thing looks amazing. Um, I know the C-Stick is going to be compatible with Codename Steam, which I'm just dying for. You know, Xenoblade is going to be exclusive to it. There are... I've seen about a half dozen games that the C-Stick is actually going to um, matter for and actually... I don't want to say affect gameplay, but affect playability of the game. So I think for somebody like me who, you know, my 3DS is always within arm's reach of me unless I'm at work, and even then it's in the, you know, the floor of my car. But for somebody like me, I think it's going to be something I'm definitely going to look forward to, and I'll definitely get one by the time Xenoblade comes out. I just, I just don't see the average consumer needing to upgrade or even realizing what the difference is. Um, it's a micro SD card now instead of an SD card, and you have to unscrew the 
the the back of it to even get into the memory card. It's like holy cow, this is a lot of work to. You, you need like an do. eyeglass kit screw yeah. too. They're really small. Yeah, it's just a lot of choices that didn't make sense to me. I'm personally okay with the no power cord. I don't care. I have but that to me is four a, is DS a cords within reach of me right now because I play enough that I kind of need more than one. But that to me is a big tickler. I know it's only a $10 product if you get it off of Nintendo site. I, I understand that, but to me, it's something that, that Nintendo, to a general consumer, not to the Nintendo hardcore base, but to a general consumer, those little things to me add up to a general cons from a general consumer standpoint. But if I'm a retail store, say I'm GameStop, if you've got the power-up reward zone part, whatever the heck it is, I'm going to throw in the cable when you buy a system. If I'm Best Buy and, you're ga and you have Gamers Club unlocked, I'm going to throw that in. If I'm Target and you've got the red card, I'm going to throw that in. You know, something to make them drive them to your store. I think that's not a bad idea for the retailers to throw in the $10 thing on every $200 purchase. But I, I, what I'm what I'm going to see as far as it's going to be a quantity issue because you know no working retail when you've had a situation where there are accessories that are all, you know all, for all intents and purposes needed like that there you're never going to have the same exact supply demand you know needs and demands you're never going to have the same exact supply count for 3ds XLs to power cores so one's going to always be out. adopters of this if I get this before Christmas of 2015, this year, I guess. I'm already going to have a 3DS. I don't see very many people going and picking up the new 3DS unless they already have a DS and are, you know, they're waiting for it. It's not like something they're going to go in and buy off the shelf. You know, I, I don't see it being a, a rush item for people who aren't already DS fans who aren't like me and have, you know, multiple cables around their house. I yep. just don't see it being a big issue. Okay. Uh, well, I, I see it, like I said, it, at, for me, if you've or just bought a 3DS, I think it's going to be something that, that you don't need right away. I, I agree with uh, you, uh, King, um, Sam, Sam R. King, <laughs> that uh, it is something that if you have a 3DS or just bought a 3DS, you will not need the new 3DS XL right away. Although eventually there will be enough games there, and I, I agree with you on that, that it will be uh, quite functional and probably needed maybe by the holidays as early as the holiday season. Uh, well, Valkyrie, let me, uh, let me address something to you. Did you get a chance to see the Nintendo Direct? Um, I didn't watch it, but I looked at the notes that discussed it. What jumped out at you? Um, mostly how many games are incorporating Amiibos. Like the whole list, it was this game with Amiibos. This was like the like Steam something. Could be Steam, Fire Emblem. Yeah, um, like everything has Amiibos now. every other game, give or the take. Mario, the Mario Party. Yeah, Mario Party with Amiibos. It looked like everything on there, which I, I think it's... With I think new it's Amiibos. New Amiibos? Yeah, yeah there's, there's a whole new Mario universe line, and what we've already seen is the Smash Brothers line, so yeah. it's like, yeah. And, and, and in the case of a new Mario being prepackaged with Mario Party 10 uh, and whatnot, exclusively. Time exclusive. 
Well, it's their it's their marketplace as far as uh, from a Nintendo standpoint. They've done exceedingly well, uh, far beyond the expectations of most analysts in regards to how well the Amiibos have sold. The um, the the uh, errors in manufacturing, uh, the ones notwithstanding, but uh, the actual Amiibos themselves have sold extremely well. Um, you can now consider them almost on par with. Uh, Disney Infinity and Skylanders because those two are battling out neck and neck each year and, mm -hmm. and I see very strong sales for all three of them in the coming year. Um, Sam, uh, as far as King is concerned, uh, tell me something that jumped out at you as far as the Nintendo Direct is concerned as a whole. Were there any games pop that popped out? I mean, it's just like the Zelda's Majora's Mask. Like I'm always like a classic fan with like the Mario and everything like that. That's that's Nintendo's um, niche. I'm saying that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, same grammatically. Superb. So it's just like, you know, I always look forward to those kind of games. There's nothing, nothing really popped out at me personally. Um, I'm just... Honestly, I'm kind of hoping for the Nintendo market to turn around because it is, they did well in the holiday season, but right now, based on the Wii U, based on the new DS, it, it is repackaged stuff, and they've had a hard, hard time. Um, so I, I do, I, I am looking forward to the games coming out. I just, nothing I... screaming. I was hoping that Fire Emblem would be for Wii U. I was hoping that. Oh, that would be cool. That's what I was like because the trailer. So I watched the trailer online, and the first part doesn't it do, it doesn't say what console, but then it shows the gameplay, and it's obviously being played on a 3DS. But um, I thought I was I was hoping it was going to be for Wii U. I think they feel that series is most comfortable and feels and looks. Oh, it works. And plays the best. Uh, Definitely yes. good on a handheld. But I just. I was hoping it would be on Wii U. I think it's been a while because the last one that came out on a console was Radiant Dawn for Wii U. Original Wii. Or sorry, yeah, original Wii. See, I can't even keep them straight anymore. Um, well, for me, and someone, uh, you know, I've, Aaron knows this for me. I've, I've always been um, lukewarm on Nintendo products as a whole for the past few years, and and you know, just something to gain my interest, something would, and then. Then there'll be other things Nintendo did that uh, kind of shied me away. I saw that video for Xenoblade Chronicles X for the Wii U, and uh, I was just that is to me is the most impressive Wii U uh, game that I have seen. Uh, I know that's still in development, uh, hopefully for a holiday release this year. Uh, outside the just the character facial structure, at, you know, which kind of looks very simple, but the the scope of where you could go and the things that you could do within the game. Uh, if you get a chance, please check that out on the Nintendo Direct. Um, the Xenoblade Chronicles X, uh, which is the brand new game coming to the Wii U. Uh, that is truly looks like it will be an experience for, for Nintendo fans, uh, hardcore and general consumer alike. It looks like it really is good. To me, it looks better at this point, and I'm sorry to say this, uh, than Zelda Wii U at this point. And that's just my opinion, uh, but it really looked like an, an, an something that, that I want to delve into, and it looked like really something that was uh, looks like it's going to be a really, really solid um, successor 
to the last iteration in the Xenoblade series. Uh, Aaron, what were your thoughts on it? You got a chance to check it out. Uh, yeah, I set my alarm and woke up at, what was it, like 6 a.m. our time to watch it. I remember, it. yes. Um, I mean, I remember watching the intro video, and I'm like, okay, th this game looks good, and then you see flying unicorns, and I'm like, no, there's multiple, that's got to be Pegasus, oh my god, a Fire Emblem game, oh my god, this looks amazing, it's going to be on Wii U, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And then you see the gameplay, and it's like, okay, it's on 3DS. It makes sense to be on a 3DS. The the console versions have never been as good to me, never been as fun um, as the, the portable ones have been. Um, but I'm still glad it's coming out. It is going to have uh, Amiibo functionality with the four Fire Emblem Amiibos that are coming out. Um, you know, they, they announced Marth is coming back to stores eventually, hopefully. Um, you know, so I, I was thrilled with that. I really enjoyed seeing Xenoblade Chronicles X um, for the Wii U. I really enjoyed seeing the Fire Emblem Amiibo functionality with Codename Steam. Um, really was not as thrilled with Xenoblade Chronicles for the new 3DS as much as I thought it would be, it really looks bad compared to the original. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the, the, the background environments were the very best thing in the original Xenoblade Chronicles for the Wii. And it... This barely looks like a Game Boy Advance game to me. Well, when you have to take such a large-scope game and shrink it down into the 3D, that's the problem because the game was built for a larger, more expansive system, and, and even though it was the Wii, it's still... You know, it packed a little bit more power than the 3DS at that time, and and to shrink it down like that, you're obviously going to have some issues and and, and problems. And I think it's out. really losing out because of that. I mean, there's parts where you know, just like in the scene in X, where you you're looking over the lake and you can see everything in the background, and it was just absolutely beautiful. I think Xenoblade Chronicles was one of the very best games of last generation. Not just the Wii, but the entire generation. Um, and, and it just... The, the, the port to the new 3DS is definitely a weaker version of the game. I'm still going to pick it up because I'm an addict and I pick up games that I probably will never play. But, you know, that, it, it, it just... It was bad to me. And then I'm really sick of Nintendo's, like match three games. There were like three or four of them that they showed during the Nintendo Direct. Though Puzzle and Dragon does look good. I, I will probably pick that one up. But the Pokemon one that's free to play with microtransactions I'm like not even going to touch it. Just no. Fair enough. I will say though just as a side note is for purchasing the 3DS if you are somebody who uses the 3D functionality a lot I heard it is much better on the new one and I know the one currently like gives me headaches so if that's some a feature that you use a lot I would definitely purchase it otherwise yeah it's got um, it, the, the camera is going to track your face movement so if you move the 3D is going to move with you um, so, so that you don't have that dead zone uh, if you move more than, you know, about an inch on the system. So that's cool. But even me, who's a huge 3D fan, 
Uh, I only turned it on for cutscenes for most games, so I, I don't know... I, I don't know how great of a feature that is. I mean, maybe I'll turn the 3D on some more, but it kind of drains battery life at the same time. So yeah. just kind of depends on, you know, if I'm playing at home, maybe it's worth leaving it on while I'm playing and charging it at the same time. But I still doubt that even with the longer battery life that it says it has, that I'd be using it much, you know, out and about. Well, it, it's, it's for the people who love it, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, overall, Nintendo Direct proved to be a very, very, very good outing for them. They um, normally they, are. Well, sometimes, to me, they're to, to hit their when hit they're or single match. games, I don't like them, but when they're multiple, you know, 12 games like this one, they're, they're normally pretty good. Well, I just think what it did is it outlined the, for the rest of 2015 a lot of great support games for Sky Fox and Zelda, should they both, you know, hold their dates and come out this year. Um, so it gives uh, Wii U and 3DS owners a lot to look forward to as far as there's a lot of solid titles that are going to come down the road. And, and really, for, for a lot of people that are willing to get back into Nintendo, uh, now is a great time because not only do you have that to look forward to, but you had all those great games that uh, came out last year uh, that you can get, hopefully, on a cheaper basis now as well. Um, I had a friend today ask me, he's like, because he was talking about how I have a Wii U, and he's like, you know, is it worth, you know, not eating out for lunch for two months to get a Wii U? I'm like, honestly, like, it's it's starting to be the time where I would I would say yes to that question. If it does go a permanent price change at two forty nine, uh, I know, Aaron, you've there there's some deals that are out there which give you a free gift card for fifty dollars off, uh, fifty dollar gift card. So it essentially makes that. Uh, but if it does do a permanent price change at two forty nine, I think uh, for a lot of people that should be the deal breaker. Yeah, for me, I got the Zelda one with Wind Waker. I think I spent two fifty on that one, and that's that was fine by me. Oh yeah, yeah. If they if they they stay they they bring it down permanently to that two fifty price across the board or the bundle, mm -hmm. uh, I think they'll they're they're doing themselves right. Um, yeah, it was nice over the holidays. You could match it. Like Target had it at two fifty the same week. Either Best Buy or Walmart had a $50 gift card on it, so you could go get it for $250 with a game, depending on where you were, depending on which game was with it, and get the $50 gift card. So it was there were some really good deals on it over the holidays. Indeed, and uh, we're, we're here at Game Source, and we're going to take a keep a close eye on the Nintendo products uh, to make sure that uh, everybody's going to get their best bang for the buck and uh, keep reporting on all those great Nintendo games coming up. Well, there's also some other games coming up and coming up very soon, and I want to just run real quickly through them um, as far as the next three major titles that are coming out to for people. We've, we've mentioned real quickly uh, before Dying Light, Evolve, and The Order 1886. Uh, my question, real quickly, to to each of you and and uh, Sam R. The King, uh, I'm going to start with you. Sam R. Think, uh, that's I thought that was pretty good. Uh, I'm going to start with you first. Do you think any of those three games that are coming out within the next month, uh, because we're really right on the doorstep of actually starting a game, good big game releases again? Um, do you think any of those can succeed to the point where they can be an established tentpole? for their respective publishers and become AAA titles? Um, okay, so right now I have in my hand my pre-order for the order. Now, I am pretty, how to say, I was very 
easily attracted to the fact that when I played it at PAX, the fact that I couldn't tell from the cinematic to the gameplay, I was just like, my dream came true. Like, ever since I saw the first Blizzard trailer, you know, for World of Warcraft, and I was so disappointed that it wasn't the same graphics. It's just like, I'm finally living the dream. But the thing is, though, is I have heard some some issues with the game. Um, but granted, some of the things that I was looking at, people were playing it in, like, December, so I think most of them should be fixed by that time. Uh, I see a, a good potential for the order. I don't know about it being AAA status, because I, I, I don't know how with the storyline, you know, that, that kind of makes it. It, just, it seems like it has a lot of buzz on it, um, one way or the other. Um, I know I played it uh, earlier this month, and Aaron was so gracious to record some of that and almost broke his arm in doing so at CES. Um, it, the game looks great, as you have said, and, and it just really, really, from a graphic standpoint, really looks like it could be a really quality game. A story standpoint, it, as far as the battle w with uh, the half... Half breeds, the lichens, werewolves, as it were. Um, really, that concept is, is is really good in a steampunk type format, which really hasn't been covered that much in video games. Um, the gameplay is what will make or break this, as far as I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. A, a game Sorry. that's not going to be. Oh no, no worry. No, no, no problem. A game that's going to be front loaded in sales. I think it's going to get fronts a lot of sales. Uh, up front, but reviews and word of mouth are everything for a long game. Uh, you know, term three, four months of really strong sales, and what will determine that will be gameplay. The gameplay on the vertical slice that I played at CES was was not. I heard uh, it was mediocre. Yeah, I'd probably yeah. say that's the best way to um, say it. That's yeah. being gracious. <laughs> well, like I said, I feel like they knew about it, and I'm hoping by the time it's released, they have fixed a lot of that. You know, I, I do completely agree with you. I think initially, because of the graphics, people are going to buy it. It's definitely the word of mouth, and uh, we'll see how long it stands. I, I hope. I hope so. Uh, as do I, as do I, because I'm going to pre-order the game myself. Uh, I know, despite my better judgment uh, on some occasions with it, um, like especially when the you know the monster popped out right up my face. Uh, I know I remember Aaron seeing that, uh, and actually I don't know if we actually put that uh, up on the on the YouTube page, but yeah, it was just right right the stairs there during that vertical slice was kind of like oh let me out of it. But uh, you know in the kitchen I think that one the, the song in the background made us they wouldn't let us post that one. Yeah, and the, the kitchen, the kitchen scene though, where it, you can really see it, see it come alive, and you really see the potential. The Order 1886 there, uh, uh, Miss Valkyrie. Um, yes, have you seen enough of the Evolve to think that uh, it's going to live up to the hype that it wants to? Because E3 this past year, it was by many, many publications the game uh, to. You know that really was going to rock the world, uh, and and left a lot of uh, editor's choices for E3. But since then, they've made some weird decisions uh, with DLC and paywise, which have left a little bit of taste in bad mouths. Uh, I know they had a beta over the weekend that George uh, from the the you know from our friends at the GPG got the chance uh, to play it, and he's going to share his thoughts with you. But what have you have seen? Do you think it could reach that AAA plateau? Do you think it'd be something that the makers of uh, the Left 4 Dead series can really be proud of? 
my only worry with this game at launch is it's going to be very buggy because it is centered around this multiplayer experience that is going to primarily take place over Xbox Live, PSN, whatever. And historically, when games depend on that, they when the whole game relies on an internet connection, I'm just really worried it's going to be buggy. And I think once they, you know, they launch, they test, they kind of get a vibe of what's going on, I think after that, it absolutely is going to be phenomenal. But I, I just have this feeling they're going to have a lot of issues at launch. Uh, I think that uh, I, I'm worried about as far as the content that you're going to get for $60 because they've already laid out a lot as far as what this DLC is. If you don't pre-order it, they really gonna, they're really punishing you for for not pre-ordering it by offering the outrageous prizes for just uh, just even one monster. Um, I'm worried about the core content of the actual game itself as far as how much you're going to get for $60. Um, they may price themselves out of, of success because I think that game had a lot of great momentum. Uh, it stalled a little bit, but uh, I still have, have high hopes for the game um, once it comes out. Um, and then oh, yeah, it's going to be fantastic, but they've got to get to a point where everybody's happy, and that's yeah. going to be difficult. And, and and if people find out that they've got a whole bunch of DLC on the disc that, that you have to unlock by paying more, uh, that's going like, to That doesn't make really... Day one paid DLC doesn't make any sense. It no. doesn't. And they, and like, they've... if it's been out for six months, and then they're like, hey, new stuff, awesome. I'm excited about it. Like, oh, I've been playing this game for this long. Now I have new stuff. I have to pay for it. Whatever. But if it's day one, day one, you have to pay more money from what you just dropped sixty bucks on. That's there's dumb. There's no reason that should not be included. And that's what these PR snafus do is is they create a I'm lot of okay bad. With this, as long as it comes free with the new copy, I, I I'm okay, okay. with making the yeah, used that copy would be fine. quiet, but not not on the new copies. That that's just lame. Yeah, if I bought this new, I am not giving you any more money today. But there, there has been instances, you know, uh, uh, the the last Street Fighter game. There's been others where the actual DLC is on the disc, and they say by a certain date, X date, two weeks later, a month later, okay, you pay the DLC and it unlocks on the disc. And it, to me, that's really a really irritating. Um, it's a slap in the face. I I think they're riding on the fact that this was made by Left 4 Dead. Yes. People made Left 4 Dead. I know people who still play that game. I love that game. That's still I, I one of my favorite game. games of all time. Yeah, don't get me wrong. And so I think the reputation of... I, I think that's why they think they can do this, put the DLC right away. Even though, to me, I would think it would deter a lot of sales. I think the fact that it's made by them might sway some people. Yeah, if this was just a fresh face, nothing exciting yet, then they might not, like you said, not have the reputation that precedes them. Well... Thank you, Sam King, for mentioning Left 4 Dead, because uh, I want to just touch on quickly on our next topic. Um, by the way, Dying Light is coming out this Tuesday, and I don't think anybody's talking about that as far as being Is a, that the a scary super, one? Um, it's no, one no, no, it's a survival. You survive uh, zombies. Think of, think, of, uh, think of Dead Island with uh, Mirror's Edge for, for a lot of parkour oh, action. That sounds uh, cool. I, what am I thinking of? What's this? Oh, Evil Within is a scary one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. But uh, also, that's come out uh, recently is the Resident Evil yes. HD remake. 
um, which has uh, has just come out. It's a HD uh, port of the uh, GameCube version, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Aaron. Is that correct? I'm not a Resident Evil fan. I get scared oh. in Bambi, so, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, fair enough. But it leads to me this question. Uh, there's been a lot of talk around the Internet this week, again, about HD remakes. Some people really don't appreciate it, don't like the fact that, that there are resources and money being spent uh, for HD bump-ups to, to this next generation. Personally, for me, um, for hearing for years how, how I would be punished that... Uh, you know, being a used being, if I bought used games, I'm punishing the the publisher. Being having that beaten over my head for so many years, and I mentioned this to you guys on our staff page, but I wanted to elaborate more here. I really think that this is a good good thing for for publishers. They usually you have small teams. They usually don't spend that much money. They don't usually allocate that many resources from whatever game that they're doing to make these HD remakes. And and if you don't like them, you don't just don't buy them. Uh, is my thought, but I want to hear your thoughts, all three of you, on HD remakes, and if you do like HD remakes, which one would you kind of like the best? I will start off with uh, what I mentioned uh, on our staff page again. Well, the Left 4 Dead series, which, uh, you know, I would hope to, hopefully that would come to fruition, but then Mass Effect and Uncharted as well. Um, Aaron, I want to start with you, my friend. What kind of, if you do like HD remakes, if you see things that you would like to come to, let's say the Wii U or PS4 or Xbox One. Um, or PC. Yeah, or PC. That's better than what, uh, you know, Square Enix did with the Final Fantasy VII port to PS4, but we won't talk about that too much. What would you like to see if that was the case? Um, I'd like to see games that are actually older than the ones you mentioned. Everything you mentioned is last gen. I'd rather just straight up see sequels for them. Uh, but, like, I, I think PS2, Xbox 3, or the original Xbox, GameCube, that generation are older. I'm okay with seeing PS4 remakes of, or, you know, the, the current gen. Um, and, and I think if they're doing the remake to test the waters for that brand. Um, you know, like, if they came out with, like, a Legend of the Dragoon. Oh, man, that would be awesome. And then um, also as well, I know that you'd like this, Sam, uh, Valkyrie, um, Psychonauts. That's what I was going to say. That's how I was going to answer this question. But, I mean, if they brought the game out to, A, test the water for that style of game, that that series, whatever, and then B, use, like, kind of develop both of them at the same time, so they're really using the resources from the new game and just inputting the old data into it, you know, the levels and thing like things like that. I have no clue why my camera cut off. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, and you're but, up right now, so... Okay, but, you know, if they, they do it twofold, one, to test waters, two, they're already making the sequel, the new series, something rather that uses that style of gameplay. So they're building the engine, and they're using this to kind of get money to finish the other game. Then I'm okay with that. But, I, I mean, do I... I know you said you wanted a Mass Effect remake, but, I mean, the Mass Effect 
bundle just came out, what, a year or two ago on most but, of these systems? Yeah, but really but for instance, if, if Bioware gave a, a, an outside studio that normally does smaller games, they said, hey, um, touch up 1, 2, and 3 for us, especially 1, you know, the, the issues that 1 has. As great as a game it is, and I love that game, I've, I've played it through 6 times. I just, That's it? That's it for me. I have every achievement for that game, so take the back. All of them on one and three, to include all the DLC, I'm missing one on two because I refuse to play as one of the classes in story mode. It just I couldn't take it. But what I'm saying is if there 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 are known issues that all three of you could say that that uh, if Mass Effect got touched up, this is what you'd fix. I think each one of us would, would be very tempted to play that again. Um, Sam, Only if they added new story content, though. I mean, do I really need to play the exact same game that I played two years ago? It, you know, well, it's got to have know, it's, some, it's kind of like people who reread books. Sam, I'm sorry. Go ahead, I'm, Sam. I'm sorry. I, I was. I guess my reply to that would be, it's kind of like people who reread books. Yeah, I know the story, but you know, you discover new things when you read it again. But I'm um, reading the same copy I already have. I'm not going out and buying. You know, the the version that's like Harry Potter. It's not like she's added anything in the new editions. I'm not going to go out and buy a new edition of it. I'm going to have the original but edition. I, if I may, I can say this: there are sometimes in the period of when, in video games where you play some games and they're okay, and there's just like this malaise of, okay, it didn't quite meet your expectation. Okay, it didn't quite meet your expectation. Okay, it's another multiplayer game. What have you? And sometimes, like you said, Sam. You just want to revisit something that you have really fond memories of, and to relive it with better visuals and things of that na nature, and even subtle changes on it. You know, however slight, would be greatly appreciated by by many who who enjoyed that game. Uh, Sam Valkyrie, I mean, is is there any other games or, that you would like to see an HD remake of? Oh, I just want Psychonauts. I would be so because I would be so happy. It's my favorite game of all time. Um, I mean, I've boot I have it downloaded on my 360, but it's one of those ones where it's like you have to. It shuts down all the 360 features, and it's just like you're playing an Xbox original. Um, yeah, that if uh, an HD remake of that game, because they're doing a lot of remakes of their other games, which I think is fantastic. But I just want Psychonauts. That's it. I will play that game a hundred more times. I don't think I've played the game. You ever played Psychonauts? No, no. I have a copy on Steam. I'll give it to you on Steam. Because I got like a Humble Bundle and I already owned it. Uh, Sam, right. we've had this discussion before. So many people have said they played Psychonauts because of how highly it's rated. In actuality, Double Fine could send you the numbers and tell you that there's only a very, very small amount that have actually played it. It's yeah, all the, games, there's a very small percentage. Where, yeah, it's one of those games where there's so many more people that say they've played it than actually have. So um, it is a uh, you know for all intents and purposes, what I've heard it's it and your what you said it's it's really one of the really great games of uh, it's of that generation. It's all just like weird cult following. Like, just a very small people, and the people who do love it are obsessed with it. Yeah. I mean, I remember being in the store, and I don't remember if Gerald had started with us at that time or not, but Psychonauts came out, you know, and it was 50, 60 bucks. I want to say 50 when it came out. And then, uh, like, two months later, you know, the sales on it were absolutely abysmal, and so they cut yep. the price to 20 bucks. And, and then, then people they, thought it sucked because it was cheap. 
Well, yeah, and then everybody, because it's a $20 game, oh my god, it's had a price cut, it must be garbage. But I, I remember Double Fine actually going and saying, you know, if you send us your receipt or whatever, we'll refund you the difference to make it that you paid 20 bucks. You know, I, I, can't, I, don't, I, don't, I can't think of any other company that would do something like that besides them, who actually care about the gamers and gaming. So well, that, that was pretty cool. I think I foresee since you know there's a lot of these uh, it's like you know Grim Fandango and and yeah. Day of the Tentacle and other games like that coming out. I think I foresee a day that that you're going to be very happy, Sam, when when it gets re-released. So a lot of people uh, like you, Sam, can uh, actually experience and me as well experience it for the first time as well because it's something I missed in that generation and uh, I deeply regret doing that. Um, I want to touch on next Microsoft's presser. Uh, if you get a chance this past week uh, to see their their Windows 10 announcement and all that, but uh, to gamers there was a couple things of interest. Uh, primarily, they're they're wanting to fully integrate uh, Windows 10 experience with the Xbox One, uh, seeing how that they've said that they're going to be able to you can stream the Xbox One to your PC, uh, similar to what uh, is already done with the Wii U and the PS Vita. Uh, and then also their HoloLens, which is their foray into the, I can't say virtual reality, reality because it's augmented reality. And I see you rolling your eyes already, Sam. It's funny because I did too because, you know, you, I don't know if you got to see the highlights of them uh, interacting with uh, a fully, uh, a, a room full of Minecraft that was up, that popped out. But it shows the potential what can be. Um, but there was there anything from the Microsoft presser uh, Sam King, um, that you that you thought that was uh, appealing to you in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. Okay, well, first off, Microsoft tends to do these great advertisements and not necessarily fulfill them, like I with agree. the Connect and Smart Glass and yeah, and and so, well. The one that I liked was the Luma Room, which takes that glasses concept and doesn't have the glasses, but your room would, would become the actual field. They actually debuted that last year at CES, but decided not to go through with it, and I think that's what's come of it, and that's, that to me is truly disappointing. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. Um, I actually I watched the HoloLens presentation in which the... Um, I forget her name, but she, she uh, in the program made a quadricopter and then they 3D printed it. I thought that was really cool. I could see a lot of, you know, for educational purposes, um, I think it'd be very, very cool if that could not only be produced, but uh, at a price that the average consumer can pay for. But um, as for the Xbox One and Windows 10, I, okay, first off, I was a little disappointed and the fact that it's Xbox streams to your computer, not the other way around. But Phil Spencer is looking into that. I believe right now that the, the graphics is like 720p, but, um, and also, just kind of the running joke, since it's every other operating system that's good, this one should be good. So hopefully not too many blue screens. And if you're getting, if you have Windows 7 or 8, uh, you will get that free, supposedly. Although, you know, Usually problems will arise from that. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know how many blue screens or porting issues, but I do I do know that 
that Microsoft, they're trying, you know, and it's just one of those things where it's just like, you know, I was reading some YouTube comments, which I know are the most reliable, but someone pointed out, why can't I just hook up my PC to the, you know, or my Xbox to HDMI? Like, am I really just getting a bigger screen out of this streaming? Well, that's what's happening already because uh, some of the streamers have already found ways to get connect their PS4 into uh, a PC already, and also an Xbox One. Uh, can you? So that's how they're able to. If you watch Twitch and you see them playing a, an Xbox One or PS4 game, they're able to have that type of integration that only happens when you're PC streaming. So I mean, it's not too big of a leap, uh, and I agree with you that they are trying. Um, Sam Valkyrie, it, was there anything outside of of, of of what was talked about to that that was of interest to you on on the Microsoft? Um, I do think it's interesting the sense of being able to stream it is if you only have one TV, um, it's it's kind of cool um, how the Wii U how you can actually just play on the gamepad like you could have a controller and just use the gamepad as a screen. So if somebody else wants to use the TV, you can still play your game. So if you have an Xbox One and you have a PC, and you want to play your Xbox game, but someone in your household wants to use the TV for something else, like, you could do both now. Because before, it's like, oh, if somebody's on the downstairs TV, like, I can't play my Xbox right now unless I boot them off. So, I, I would just see that as a benefit, as someone who only has one TV and multiple people in the house. Yeah, I... I um. I, I remember that like uh, friends of mine do that on the Wii U, and I was like, oh, I didn't even think of that. You yeah, know, like I did that like with a... too. Like I was playing, I was sitting in the bowl chair with and on my lap and the controller, just sitting there, and then like Phil and Spencer were using the TV, and it just it worked out fine because I still got to play my Wii U game, and they could yeah. use the TV. Is yeah. it bad that I do both of those at the same time, and it's not someone else watching TV? It's me watching the no, TV. No, I, I you could you could do that if you're just That's yourself. What I do. Yeah. I uh, Aaron, what were your thoughts on the HoloLens, uh, which again is an AR with the aug augmented reality as opposed to the Project Morpheus, uh, uh, obviously what we I saw at CES. I think it's fall into the uh, same issues that some of those bigger, um, the, the, the bigger VRs, you know, the ones where you actually have the full rig set up and it's not just the, the, the helmet. Uh, I think it's going to have the same problems as those in that I don't have enough room in my house for that. Where am I going to find, you know, a 10 by 10 floor that's perfectly with no tables, no couches, no anything else in there um, getting in the way of it. So it's going to be one of those places that, um, you know, almost like in Asia, an internet cafe where, yeah, maybe, you know, a a Microsoft Lens cafe might shrink up and be able to do it. But I really don't see the average consumer being into it so much that they're going to have a dedicated space uh, for this to work. And yeah, it might be able to put some things, you know, like if you've got a chair or a bed, it might change how it plays. But most of the games aren't really going to... Um, it, it, they're going to want a flat space. They're not going to integrate, you know, distractions to it. So I have a hard time seeing that doing as amazing as they hope it does. 
or it's going to be at some outrageous price because it's Microsoft. Okay. We lost somebody. Oh, Sam's gone. I thought it was worse because there was no more static. I'm like, oh, oh crap. Oh, she's static? I, didn't, I wasn't hearing any static from her. When she dropped, I had just slight, slight static. Okay. Very stealth ninja-like. Um, well, hopefully she'll be coming back with us. But I want to touch on one last thing uh, before we head on out, and uh, that is the free-to-play expansion. You know, I'm at a loss here, and I, I'm watching a little bit, of, you know, as far as the, the, the NFL games lately, the playoffs, and it's going to get to the Super Bowl pretty soon, and I've been watching some, a, a little bit of prime time of what's going on, and I noticed something lately. There's two, three, even four really, really free-to-play games that are spending a lot of money advertising on national TV. Where the hell are they getting all this money from? Some so, of them are making a million dollars a day. Exactly. Exactly. So I ask you, how is this happening? What is the allure? What is the trench? Boom Beach is one. Uh, what's the heroes? Is it Heroes at War? God of War, Hero Clash. Clash of Clans. Of Game, yeah, Game of Game of War with uh, what's the one, with one the actress is actually doing a live actress or a live action freaking battle and it looks like a miniature Hobbit set. It was like, yeah. what the hell? And these are expensive commercials that they're doing, that they're producing, and, and they've got to get the money from somewhere. Sam, can you explain to me how this is happening? What's the allure? And and could these games really, you know, best all the console games that we love and just, you know, just trounce them by all, any which way? I have... I. This is an excellent question. I have no idea how free-to-play games make so much money. I mean, I understand there are people who will dump money into it. They're like, oh, well, I started playing for free. I could dump a little bit of money into it. But, like, I try to avoid paying for free-to-play, like, for anything in free-to-play games. I, I do not understand how they make money. Like, that much. En enough money to advertise the way they do and just how expansive it is. I, I, it is beyond me. I have no idea how they make so much money. So then I ask you now, and Sam, thanks. I know you got back back with us here. So I ask you, the question is, how are these companies that are doing the free-to-play commercials, which are all over TV right now, they're making, they're spending huge amounts. I mean, these commercials are not cheap to do it in the NFL playoffs, and and to do it during prime time on major networks. And I'm assuming you're going to see at least one or two on the Super Bowl, which, as everyone here knows, yeah. whether you know football or not, are major, major 30-second, uh, one-minute spots, which require a lot of cash in hand. Can I ask you, how are these companies keeping that kind of revenue and generating that kind of revenue to keep buying these commercials? Yeah, no, it, it like, when I started seeing, like, a, like advertisements for app games, I'm saying, I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> Clash of Clans, or was it Game of War, or something like that? Yeah, Game of War, that's what, yeah, that was game, it. Yeah, and I'm saying, like, okay, I know advertisements, just by simply clicking them, you can generate some revenue that way. I would have to guess is they are getting sponsored somehow, 
Um, and the company is just really banking on the fact that, hey, if I advertise this, I'll get more people to play. Have you seen, okay, this might be, I'm, I'm hoping you've seen this, the South Park freemium episode? I have not. No. Yeah, so you know how they were talking about, oh, yeah, most of the people, they don't pay for anything, but those small percentage of addicts, that's who we target. And I'm just like, you know, that's probably true. You know, those addicts out there, I mean, granted, they don't spend as much as Stan, I don't think, did in that uh, show, but it's just one of those things where it's like they're, I feel like they're just really kind of taking a leap uh, financially to see if they can get their gains up. But these these people that are playing it, that must be playing it to an extent where they're they're dumping a whole lot into microtransactions because... You know these these they're not these commercials are not going on at two or three o'clock in the morning. They're going on in prime time. They're going on at at major major expensive points in time for for programming issues, and and they are just just I'm just amazed and and my mind is is boggled because that they're they're so much they're they're generating so much money because yeah you're right somebody's sponsoring whether they're 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 outsourcing from 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 China uh, or other countries, whether there's there, there must be investors of some type, whether it's publicly or privately funded. But in it, there's there to these games, there must be people generating you know lots of trans, microtransactions. Um, Aaron, I know that uh, Elder Scrolls Online recently announced that they will be going to a free-to-play format. Um, kind of, you still got to buy the console version of it when it comes out later this year uh, in June. And then also Hearthstone has really done well for Blizzard as far as it's concerned. And and so I went through the storm, and it was in alpha up until the week a half, week and a half ago. And, and I know you've got Between several Hearthstone videos out. And uh, Heroes of the Storm, Blizzard has made as much money in the time those two has been out as they did in that same span of time on World of Warcraft, which has 10 million subscribers at fifteen dollars a month. How so. is this possible? I'm asking you. You have a lot of videos. By the way, if you have not seen Heroes of the Storm, Aaron has a ton of videos on our Game Source YouTube page. But don't expect me to win because I suck at it. I but how, how is this happening? What is the allure of all these free-to-play games? I play free-to-play games on occasion. Uh, Loadout was the most recent. Uh, but I did not feel the need to go and purchase and use these my money on these microtransactions. So what is the allure of people buying stacks? And I hear all the time with Hearthstone that that people are just you know they drop hundred dollars really at a time. Yeah. yeah. Or or they can crazy. they can play for a long time and do really well without spending a dime. Yeah. Um. I, I've paid some money for a couple of free-to-plays. There was a Dragon Age iOS app that I put $2 into. Um, one of the How to Train Your Dragons I put $2 into. Hearthstone I put $2 into. Um, but otherwise, I played that for free. Um, you know, most games I don't. But I know at work there's a whole bunch of guys that play Game of War, and they go on together and they just, you know, they think they can dominate. And if you don't pay money in most of those games, you fall behind and people will destroy everything you've done and you basically have to start over. So, so those are pay to win. Need, those are paid to survive. You don't even really win in most of them. It's just I'll, pay to survive. I'll just say for micro, I, the microtransaction I've done is in League. 
like the skins and things like that. Um, you know, those are just for, I mean, they do a lot. They put a lot of work into them, to be fair. I mean, like, they change up the yes. animation and but things like that. But are there any mechanical differences? I mean, I've dabbled in leagues, but, like, if you There's put on a different outfit, does it change anything? Yeah, well, not mechanically, no. Mechanically, you're like, you're you get a different power. Cosmetic. It's it's a psychological thing, quite frankly. Right. You're like, ooh, I like that outfit, or, you know, and it's not something, like, because you generate IP, right, and it takes a little while after game after game of, you know, being called many things. Um, 12-year-olds can be very mean these days, but it's just <laughs> one of those <laughs> things. That's what happens when you see some of my heroes' streams. Oh, my God, the people are just so out there. My, my favorite question is, are you girl? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm, you know, atomically, yes. Girl is a state of mind. <laughs> yeah, but... um. I have it's, the right part. It, it's just like, it's a psychological yeah. thing, I think, with a lot of these things. It's just like, League is very good about like, no, you don't need it. But after a while, you're like, oh man, this is my favorite champion. I, I want to spend the money to like get this cool skin or whatever. And so that, that's kind of how I feel about with League. It's They don't force it upon you by any means. And, and I'm not here to disparage anyone, either here or out there that if you spend money on free-to-play, by all means. And I know that one of these days that I'm going to play a free-to-play game and I'm going to get the attraction and I'm going to say, you know what, I'm just going to buckle under and I'm going to start doing some microtransactions, uh, microtransactions my, myself. Sam, uh, Valkyrie, you mentioned that uh, someone in your life has, has played Hearthstone quite a bit. Yeah, he just started and I can't get him away from it. But he hasn't spent a dime yet. Nope. But so he's he still to... he's still doing really well. He's still I think he's playing he's playing a priest deck, which is normally not an oh, aggressive deck, yes. but he's playing it aggressively. So he's doing well. He's playing against real people and winning. So that's like priest deck too. Absolutely. What's wrong with priest deck? If it's something bad, tell me so I can make fun of him. No, there's nothing wrong with it. That's what I play as. Um, oh, excellent. I think I have ten wins until I my priest deck goes golden. But yeah, it's. But have you spent any, spent any money in Hearthstone? I spent two dollars on it in the beta, um, because you got crap for testing out the store. Um, well, I don't even want to think of all of the the pets in World of Warcraft though that I bought. The dude at the time I bought most of them did absolutely oh my nothing God, the pets. besides follow you around. I mean, now they have a a Pokemon esque battle system for the pets, and the ones that you bought are typically better than average pets, but, you know, I used to, every time a pet came out, I, I bought one, um, you know, I had most of all the, the TCG ones from the old World of Warcraft TCG. I, I mean, I understand, you know, the people that drop here and there. I mean, I don't think I've ever spent more than about $30 in a year on things in WoW, but... I, I do... You know, I mean, some of those companies I was reading were making a million dollars a day in revenue. I, and I, I do mean, know that just blows my mind. In China, you know, uh, uh, South Korea, you know, Asian ch uh, countries like that, they are. This is their culture. Free to play is embedded in their culture now, and it is, you know, quite uh, normal to do. Uh, as far as it's concerned. In Europe and, and North America, it's still getting used to it, type, that type of deal. You know, depends on the game scenario and things of that nature. 
Um, so I, I was just wondering exactly, you know, the mindset uh, for most people as they're going in there. But obviously, you can see the potential when these companies are spending millions of dollars just on advertising to get their name out there, and they're doing it in the most high-profile ways. That gets my attention, and that gets the attention of, of us here at Game Source. And and really, I just appreciate all of you uh, giving me that kind of feedback on it. And we I have a really big worry about them. Though. I mean, what if? Because a lot of them are gated by time, uh, and so. You know, you, you pay the money so that your cooldowns are nowhere near as long, and the more you play the game, the longer that time wait is so that you pay more and more and more money. But what if, say, you know, the next Call of Duty comes out, and, you know, it's a microtransaction game. Every match you pay, play, you have to pay a dollar, or you have to wait three days for one match. But it, uh, Call of Duty is on um, free-to-play in China. Call of Duty online. Yes. But, I mean, over here, you know, if they go to that, you know, you have to pay a dollar a match or wait, you know, for every level that you are, you have to wait an extra hour. Mm. So, you know, by the time you've ranked up into the game to a decent level, you're waiting days or weeks at a time to play one match for free, and they're going to charge you a dollar to play now. I don't, I don't think it would be that extreme, because I think for a lot of these microtransactions, they're subtle. You know, I mean, like, in the fact that, like, yeah, you know, you could, I, I see more, see that more for the apps, where, like, I, I play that, the, what yeah. is it, Family Guy game, the quests are stuff, you gotta wait, I get that, but for Call of Duty, something like that, like, for, like, you have to pay a dollar for every match? For, for, for console games in the States or Europe, I, I just don't see that working the way that it works for an app, because on apps, you're getting, you know, a lot of people's parents, you know, like, like, me or Gerald's generation's parents who, who are playing and they're, they're retired and they have nothing better to do, so they're Back. playing these games and they don't want to wait. I said our parents, Gerald, not you. That means those people older than you by a couple of decades. But, I mean, it's just... I have a very hard time seeing them go that way, even though, yeah, that is how they are over in Asia. I don't see them coming here in that sense, to, to be the extreme that they are there. But it does worry me that somebody is going to try to do that with a big name game, you know, like Final Fantasy has had a couple of apps that do it. What if they try in Final Fantasy 16 to do that as, as their console game? It's just, well, I, I think, think that's going to be the test. Final Fantasy Type Zero is doing it, isn't it? Uh, it to some extent. It's very social, and, you know, if you don't have a bunch of friends... You're not going to be able to play as often, or you're going to have to pay. And I'm just like, this is scary. Well, Sam, Valkyrie, one last thought, uh, if you have, on free-to-play games uh, before mm -hmm. we uh, head on out. Oh, just in general? Yeah, just in general. You know, I don't know if you were to like, follow that up with a question. Um, I think they're fantastic. Um, normally, kind of like we've been talking about, like, like pay-to-win games, not cool. Like, if, if the amount of money you spend is directly related to how many times you can win not based on skill, like, that kind of sucks, but it's going to happen. It's going to exist. So I think it's, it's good that there are, it's an opportunity for somebody who wants to just play a game and not spend money on it. Cool. They can do that. But having the opportunity where if you want to unlock more things, 
then that opportunity is there too. I think when it comes Cosmetic to replay stuff, or new levels that the free people don't get access I, to. I'm like okay I would with say that. I would prefer like a new level versus a new weapon, like a better weapon, like oh, this gun's better if you pay money for it. That not cool. Yeah. But so as long as the core game is the same for everyone, more power to you. But if you want to pay for addition, I mean, at that point, it just becomes like DLC for this free-to-play game, where it's everybody gets the core experience, but if you want to pay more money to get more things that enhance the core experience, not necessarily change it, cool. And Sam, uh, Sam King, last thoughts from you on it um, before we head on out as far as... I know you said that you're not, you don't see this type of drastic change because you don't think Americans and North American and, and European market will, will actually you know, look on it favorably. But what do you see as far as the trend in the future for free-to-play games? I think, like I was saying earlier, I do, you know, when Sam or Valkyrie, sorry, I was asking the question about with the league skins, if they change mechanically, and I said no, and that's, I think that's good. Because yeah. it's exactly going with what Sam's saying is the fact that like it does not change the core game, it just enhances it. And look how well League is doing. Yeah, the community, terrible. But, you know, with the the tournaments, the LCS, just the, the popularity is very, very strong. And because of the fact that they aren't, char they, they're not petty, you know? Um, and I think with games, like, I don't think that, yeah, I don't think the drastic change will occur because I think it would be too much, it would really deter the publisher's business if they did, you know, what Aaron was saying, the fact that like a dollar a match or something like that. And I, I, I could see little things like they do already with like the weapons. You're just going to have that and you know, it's going to give other uh, companies an opportunity to be like, hey, we don't do that, you know. Come over here. <laughs> So. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, uh, that's going to do it for this episode, number 116 of the World Famous Game Source Podcast. It has been a tremendous pleasure having you three on uh, as part of the show. Uh, don't forget to check us out at www.yourgamesource.com. Uh, we're Game Source on Facebook. Please like us. If you like what we do, if you like the fact that we're um, the leading aggregate news site for for all of the video game news and information around the, around the web. We've uh, posted over 30,000 stories uh, to date um, from our GameSource Facebook page and also at GameSource on Twitter. If you follow Twitter, if you're on Twitter, please get a chance to follow us. We're almost at 1,000 followers and going strong. Um, and GameSource on Facebook, we've got a lot of feedback there as well. Um, and then also our home site, which has a lot of great interviews, has a lot of great reviews, has a lot of great uh, articles, opinions. I just put one out on the console scene for the entire year, my thoughts on that, um, up until, you know, for and all the... totally games. wrong on all of them. Oh, that's, that's your opinion. Uh, you can write a rebuttal. How about that? Uh, but they actually, my thoughts, I think, are right on the money. But uh, as of now, because there's, you know, E3 usually... They announced like 15 different things that, that make me wrong. But anyways, if you want to check that out, that's, that's there as well. But we have a lot of great opinion pages. Uh, uh, Sam King, she wrote on, uh, in our In Case You Missed It page, she has a couple great articles as well that she, she recently wrote. And her Citizens of Earth thoughts are coming out later this week. 
Aaron recently uh, reviewed it as well for the Wii U. Uh, Sam, I know. Yeah, and streamed it as well. Sam, and we had a stream as well on it. Sam's got it on the Vita, so so we're looking forward to to getting all around thoughts on on that game. Um, it's it's not the biggest of games that are out there, but Atlas was kind enough to send this to us. It's, uh, it's cute. Like, it's, 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 exactly. it's funny. It's, it's cute. It's hilarious, it's, though, too. It's like $15 if you get it right now. I, I think the $15 ends on Tuesday on most systems, but it's totally worth it. even the 20 bucks to, to play it. It's, it's so cute. It's so funny. And it's out it's on every... Stereotype. Everything in the absolute worst yeah, possible. Yeah, it's it's a good commentary on modern society. Yes, yes. and it's out available so on the. So many stereotypes. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed, it is a cute game. Uh, if you have not seen it in action, um, Corey did a stream as well um, on our Game Source YouTube page, uh, so you can check it out for yourself. But it is available on the Vita, the 3DS, the PC, the PS4, and the Xbox One. There, it's a great keep going, offer. Keep going. What else? <laughs> the Wii U. Wii U and the Wii U. Forget. The one I reviewed, he forgets. I mean, geez. All right. Anyway, if we get any more reviews, be nice. Gosh, I have to remember so many things when it comes to game source. Give me a break. Cut me some slack. Anyways. No. Uh, we've also got that. I've got a um, review for iDarb coming to Xbox One, which will be the free Games with Gold uh, game for the month of February. We got a chance to take a look at that, uh, pr you know, before the game comes out. So we're very appreciative of that as well. Um, Dying Light. We hope to have a review of that. Hopefully this 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 coming uh, week. Hopefully be posted before this comes out um, as well. Um, but I truly appreciate everyone's time. Truly appreciate you out there watching and you out there listening also as the MP3 uh, when it hits on our YourGameSource.com podcast We also page. should have an uh, interview with Disco Pixel, the developers behind uh, Jungle Rumble. Yes. For the, the, it's on the App Store. It's coming out on uh, Vita and some other systems. So that, that should be hopefully um, this this week. I know we're taping it this week, so hopefully we can get it turned around fairly quickly. I wish you the best with that, and, and Aaron has been a tremendous help indeed as far as getting all the stuff together. Um, Sam King, anything coming out at, since you just sent us the Citizens of Earth? Anything else uh, you're planning down the line? Well, I, the order's coming out very soon, same with Evolve, so got my plate full. <laughs> Fair enough. And last, but certainly not least, uh, Miss Valkyrie, any any uh, more uh, King of the Valkyries down the line? Have, um, me and Josh have been trying to coordinate for like weeks, and we just have not been able to. But we will, because we the thing is, is we both have each other's Christmas presents still, and if we don't see each other, we're just gonna keep each present for ourselves. So that would be bad. That's what we're we're that's we're like oh, and we need to at least give each other Christmas presents, and then while we're there, then we'll record. So. Um, well, that's the King and the Valkyrie podcast, and they have their own great podcast. If you're able to see, uh, catch it, it's also on our podcast page at yourgamesource.com. Also, the CNC Mother Bleepity Bleep podcast. That's also, you can find that as they well. They should change the name to the Mother Bleepity Bleep. I think that sounds better than what the actual name is. It's, well, you know. Uh, the 
Chris and uh, Corey, they, you know, when they get a chance, they do a great podcast as well. So if you get a chance, check it out. Our plus ones, we had Aaron and I did several uh, over at the PlayStation Experience and also CES. If you didn't catch our coverage of CES, uh, that's also available on our YouTube page and our podcast page. And Aaron's thoughts on CES on uh, our cool stuff and OSU water polo pages, I believe, are on both. Um, and he did a great job with that as well. And your Nintendo Direct thoughts in writing are, are there as well. So I truly appreciate everything that that all three of you done. And uh, if you get a chance, check us out. Once again, yourgamesource.com for everything latest and greatest in video game scene. Uh, this is Yes. Well, this is Gerald. Better known as Yes Elvis Lives. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And, well, Aaron? Yeah, I don't care. I don't have a sign-off. I refuse okay. to have a sign-off. Sam, better known as the King Cowboy Space Princess. Ah, oh, the way around. King Space Cowboy Princess. Ah, I was trying to remember that. Strike one, Gerald. I was trying Gerald's to getting old. He's forgetting uh, things. I was trying not to cheat and look at the, look at the site on the other window. It's okay. It is okay. And I'm just grateful to be here. And thank you. Well, we're happy to have you aboard, and, and we thank you so much. And hopefully this will be the start of some, some more podcasts for you, if you want. Uh, and if you out there want to be a part of our staff, uh, info at yourgamesource.com, where you can make your own podcasts and you're in your own articles, reviews, videos, whatever you want to do. Can't be worse than Nick or me, so you might as well try. This is true. This is the low bar. So. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. I mean, Nick is normally just a logo. He doesn't even bother turning his webcam on. So oh, I think we're sparing everybody having to look at his face. Well, now, so. that's true. That's yeah, a favor uh, to everybody. Well, you know, his girlfriend now. Oh, he has a girlfriend. Mm. Yes, it was know? announced. Yes. It, did he it order her online? Yeah, something like that. Well, it is was she announced. an NPC in a video game? I don't think she's real. I, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know Nick. I don't know Nick, but from just what just I'm start getting, insulting him. It's fine. What I've what I've what I've gathered is it could be it could be for charity. You know, the girlfriend. These See, you're good. You don't even need to know him, and you're good. <laughs> there you go. Right. See, she, yeah, she fits right in. Chair. She fits right in right there with with Jimmy and Nick. We love you. This angry was your Nick. test to see if you we were gonna keep you if you can insult Nick without oh, meeting yes, him. You passed. Okay. Oh, good. We, see, that's what we uh, we as Game Source community all do. We all bond around bashing Angry Nick. We love yeah. you, Angry Nick. Uniting just, against a common enemy. Uh, just yeah, just just. I know you probably won't even hear this anyway, since you love your own podcast. But any uh, one final thought, Sam? Just want to cheerio on out or. Me? Oh, well, I'm the only one of us with an actual sign-off, so... And what would that be? Okay, so, thank you for listening. If you uh, Have a great day. If you're listening to this at night, have a great night, and rest of some of tomorrow, but don't get greedy. And this is Gerald. It's, uh, pull one out from uh, my past, another beautiful evening in paradise. We thank you for listening. We thank you for watching. And have yourself a great day. Do you love games, breed games, and bleed games? Then this is the crew for you. If you are interested in editorial, podcasting, live events, and exclusive content, make sure to hit us up at info at yourgamesource.com and become part of a team that is dedicated to delivering all the greatest and latest in gaming news and content, all here at yourgamesource.com.